Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, posted an image, uh, a quote from Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler. I don't see anything wrong with that. Jews will blackmail America. It says they will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. He posted that and uh, didn't think much of it, but he's under fire now. And uh, I guess he's, he's got a good alibi. He's got a good excuse. He's a moron. He's a moron. He posted a quote from Hitler and thought it was appropriate. Well, amazingly, he's apologized and it's uh, going to go away. Uh, he's not taken nearly as much heat as Drew Brees did for saying he loves America. That's how crazy things have gotten. Uh, we'll get into that with our friend Tom Shattuck, who is going to make the case that Colin Kaepernick is a uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not a very good case, but he's going to try, and then we're going to drug test him because it could be the dumbest thing Tom Shattuck's ever said. And we will uh, let you hear from the world's biggest ingrate, Elon Omar. The country's given her everything, and she does nothing but dump on America. We'll get into all that today on the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan, and we are brought to you by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, and no strings attached. What's better is that with the direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at DCU org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. Okay, Colin, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan podcast. You know, I explained to you, Tom Shattuck, I explained to you the other day that uh, Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, not a popular guy, not considered, generally considered a nice guy, not a good guy to work for, not a guy that I've ever rooted for. I don't think a lot of people root for Dan Snyder, but I'm going to say this. I will change my mind if he does if he goes through with this plan that we're hearing about now. The Washington Redskins have to change their name. They're being pressured by everybody, including Federal Express, FedEx, who owns who uh, sponsors the stadium. You know the commissioners uh, squeezing Snyder to change the name. The name Redskins has got to go. I mean, I I would respect him if he dug in his heels, said it's an honor. It's a, it was a way to honor. Uh, Indians, Native Americans, and they don't have a problem with it by according to every poll. But that's not going to work this time. He's going to have to change it. But the word is he's going to change it to the Warriors, the Washington Warriors, and leave some semblance of the logo on the helmet, which would be great. <laughs> I, I think it would be Snyder's way of saying, screw you. We are uh, we are still going to honor brave Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And if he goes through with that, and doesn't get squishy, doesn't succumb to the pressure to call it like the uh, Washington. I don't know what the uh, the red uh, the, the 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 PC one is Red Tails because it's the nickname of a uh, of an African American uh, uh, flying uh, squadron, mm -hmm. and that that would get the Peter King seal of approval. Warriors would not, but it also, it also, the one guy I hate the most when politics and sports collide is Steve Kerr. It would shut him up. You couldn't criticize Dan Snyder. It would just be a, 
a, a pretty good, subtle F you to everybody who is kind of leaning on him to, to get rid of the logo and get rid of the name. Yeah, and Red Tails would just bring on the next wave of folks saying that it's cultural appropriation a couple of years from now when Don Lemon right. decides that it's uh, it's offensive. And then the, the thing is, is that, you know, the people on the right just give up these definitions way too easy. I mean, he's hung in there. He's hung in there. He but sure if has. you look into the, the derivation of Redskins, it's something largely termed by Native Americans like in the 1500s or, 50, or 1600s, uh, somewhere down south. I mean, you give up all this stuff. People call uh, conservatives now white supremacists because the efficacy of racist has worn off. And we just accept it. Nobody challenges it anymore. It's, it's incredible. Did you see did you see the announcement from Black Lives Matter when Trump is coming to New Hampshire this weekend? And they said they're ripping the governor for welcoming a white supremacist. I saw the story initially, the tweet, and I said, a white supremacist coming into New Hampshire? Who's a David Duke? I mean, I don't know what other prominent whites. And I had to literally click to see that it, they were talking about the president. And, <laughs> and you're right. Think of this. If the president today said Black Lives Matter is a Marxist, uh, anarchist organization, he would get ripped, you know, because Black Lives Matter, as we know, is untouchable. They're the golden child. But the Black Lives Matter people just called him a white supremacist. So, um, you know, we know Trump is famous for for counterpunching. What would be wrong with turning the tables and calling them what they are? Marxists, radicals, America haters. He can't do that. He should, but he can't do that. It only works one way. You get to call anybody and everybody a white supremacist, but they can't call you anything. But, you know, whatever, civil rights or freedom fighters or whatever. It, it, it's it just isn't fair, Tom. Right. Well, yeah, Trump could do that. But you know what's going to happen, because even if this speech in Portsmouth is praising Ella Fitzgerald and Jackie Robinson and Bob Hope, like the one Mount Rushmore was, they're going to say that it was a dog whistle to whites in a dark and ominous speech. Very dangerous. As the president. There, was, there was nothing worse than that. You're right, man. When they uh, characterized his speech, I didn't watch it live. The uh, Mount Rushmore speech. Did you did you watch it live? I mean, it was Saturday night. No, but it was like five and a half million people watched it live. I know huge numbers, but Saturday night on Fourth of July weekend, I didn't watch it live. I did see tweets saying divisive and dark, and literally call, saying that he was paying tribute to Confederate generals. That's yeah. what Tammy Duckworth said that set off Tucker Carlson. And you go back to watch it. He doesn't even mention Confederate generals. He doesn't mention the Confederacy or the flag. They flat out lied about it without. Without apology, just say, yeah, he was paying tribute to to uh, to dead Confederate generals and traitors and slave owners. It was just the opposite. It was it was, it was his best speech he's ever done in yep. front of the greatest setting. Of course, he ruined it the next day when he went to defend the Confederate flag and attack Bubba Wallace. But it was I mean, they just they drop all pretense of objectivity long ago and just flat out lie. Well, that was crazy, Jerry, because I woke up the next morning and I saw it on Twitter and I was panicking because I was on vacation like everybody was. And I thought, Jesus, now we got to I have to call the newspaper. We're going to have to change the editorial, because if the president invoked Confederates on this occasion for July 4th and, uh, you know, reached out to whites explicitly, I was told, by the way, that he was talking simply to whites. He addressed the audience. The AP said that. The president was uh, messaging to whites, and I thought, oh, my God, can you believe this? 
So I had to then go through the transcript and I thought, Gee, this is a really well-written, well-written um, speech. It's all about the birth of the country and the intentions of the founders and the, the promissory note that was the Constitution and what it meant. And, you know, and that, that, that we were it was an imperfect union, but always stri- striving to be better and better. And to, to talk about Ella Fitzgerald and Jackie Robinson and all these people he named off. That was a great part of his speech. It was such a unity speech. It was incredible. It was as much of a unity thing as you can have when the right. other side is still burning buildings and ripping down statues and, and calling everybody white supremacists. It was exactly what he needed to do. I mean, that's what he should do. I said this, tweeted this, he should say the same damn speech every day for four months and mm-hmm. not ever mention the Confederate freaking flag, which was really stupid. And you know what else he should do? He should just, you know, keep his thoughts about Roger Ailes to himself. That's what he should do. No more, yeah. no more uh, odes to Roger Ailes. Um, I, I, and I know again, nobody's there with him when he tweets. I know he's all alone, but even he should know, <laughs> even he should know that there's that nobody misses Roger Ailes and nobody uh, is going to, I don't want to hear any defense of the Confederate flag. That's, I would draw the line there. The hell with the Confederate flag. Right. The hell with and and by the way, drop the Bubba Wallace thing too, because Bubba Wallace he uh, played it up. He was a drama queen. He was a self promoter, but he wasn't Jesse Smollett. He didn't set the whole thing up like Jesse Smollett did. He exaggerated, that's for sure, and he pretended to be hurt. He fake cried on the View, but he didn't make it all up like Jesse did. Well, he didn't maybe make it all up uh, like Jesse, but I think he's um, he's more culpable in, in this than people say. I mean, he decided to rebrand himself as the Black Lives Matter NASCAR driver a couple of weeks ago. He was nurture, uh, merchandise was flying off the shelves, which it he was. tweeted about. And then ju- it just so happened to have this situation where this noose came out of nowhere. And there was never any noose. Even the thing the NASCAR released, that picture was a cropped picture. It doesn't show the garage. doesn't show any contrast to, to, to so you can see how big the the rope was and he rode that wave and he gave the speech i'm never going to back down i'm never going to surrender you know nascar in the fbi said okay we all there's nothing here he still was defiant and don lemon so that he is not a character guy and i don't think people should be defending that guy i think i think nascar helped him immensely you know they showed the picture they distorted it to make it look bigger than it was if you saw that other photo it wasn't a size the the loop wasn't like a noose for a head it was smaller but they didn't want him to be totally exposed as a fraud. So they kind of backed him up. The problem Bubba Wallace had is that when he cried and when he made a big deal out of it, when he went on the view, he never saw it. So, I mean, how genuine could his reaction be if he actually never saw it? So someone told you right. it was a rope and it was shaped like a noose and you cry without even looking at it. <laughs> right. That's a little silly. But again, I think Trump should ha- has to move on from Bubba Wallace and, and, and of course he has to move on from the flag and he has to continue to do what he did at Mount Rushmore because it works. It was a great speech and it kind of exposed the, you know, the bias, the hatred of the, of the, of the Tammy Duckworths and the, you name it, the Don Lemons and the the Chris Cuomo's they're going to lie. They're going to lie. They don't care what he does or says they're going to lie about him. They're going to, by the way, defend the anarchists, the radicals, the the uh, the Antifas out there—that's their job right now to take the side of the anarchists against the president of the United States, which is not a bad thing. If you're Donald J. Trump, that's not a bad thing. I mean, he—I know he cheated 
on his SATs, or he didn't cheat. He paid a guy to take his SATs for him, according to his uh, his niece. But he's not that dumb. He's not that dumb. Well, is that yeah? Is that dumb if he did that? I think that's admirable. If Trump was, if he had that much ingenuity to know to pay somebody to take his SATs, that's a great idea. Jesus, you, do you want- think? Do you think you're you know political junkie and uh, media critic and? Uh, John Bolton has come and gone. He's blown away like a turd in the wind, and uh, he's he's done. He had his, like, six minutes in the spotlight. It's over. I don't know how many copies of the book he sold. I don't even know how many appearances he made on, you know, Meet the Press or on, uh, you know, uh, with Chuck Todd. What about Mary? Is her name Mary Trump? Just Mary Trump. She says, you know, Donald was a, you know, Don, her bro- her father was Donald's brother, the one who drank himself to death. He said he was abused by their father. He said uh, Donald Jr. I mean, yeah, Donald Jr. would do anything. You know, the, I think the book is called Everything is Not Enough or whatever. It's never enough. And right. I'm like, we already knew that. We already knew he never was satisfied. He wanted more money, more whatever, more beautiful women. That's the way he is. He's got a, a voracious appetite for life. Mm-hmm. But as far as I can tell, reading excerpts or uh, reviews, the fact that he paid someone to take his SATs for him is the most explosive charge I've seen. Correct. Right. And she also says at some point that the, his sister said he was a dummy or a, a clown or something. And well, that's fine. That clown, you know, won the most impossible election in the United States history. Not only that coming from, if he was abused, Bill Clinton came from an abusive relationship and rose to be president. And I believe he was lauded for it and considered, to, you know, a, a great uh, example of how to overcome, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, obstacles. So I don't I, I mean, I uh, maybe Trump was. Abused. I can see that in a second. The old man looks pretty scary to me. It, yeah, I mean, that's the way life was too that back then. Right. And maybe Trump's family is bleeped up. You know, welcome to the world. You know, there's right. bleeped up families out there. See, so the Bolton book, I like John Bolton still. I think I, I think. Do you? Yeah, I do. Well, I like- he's a snake. How can you say that? I mean, he was a, a confidant in the president. He turned around and, and, and didn't testify, but sold his soul. He is a piece of garbage. He lives in the, in the district of snakes, though, Jerry. I, I, expect, um, I don't expect anything more from anybody, any Beltway uh, bottom feeder. But I like him. I like his intellect. I could see Trump having said to to, to the Chinese uh, president, you know, uh, yeah, it sounds like a good uh, project. If you look at the words that Bolton uses, he says that it was essentially a concentration camp. There was a translator. Do you think Trump had any idea what he was talking about? The guy, the translator said something about buildings and Trump probably inarticulately said, oh, oh good. That's I like building. I don't care. I, I mean, I, I think it's implicit when you are head of the National Security, I mean, you're the NSA, you do not kiss and tell during an election season that in and of itself was duplicitous he is scum i can't believe you're going to defend john bolton but I, I, i'm glad I, to see i'm <laughs> glad to see he's come and gone he's he's had no impact he's trying to throw the election to biden that is despicable he may a not guy who was hired he never should have been hired by the way trump's uh mandate is get out of foreign wars you know he, he right now he's got a good card to play democrats are stopping him with from getting out of Afghanistan. That was one of his promises. That's one reason we voted for him to get out of Afghanistan. Everybody wants out of Afghanistan. Unless you, you know, unless you're the CEO of Raytheon, you're all for getting the hell out of Afghanistan. Democrats blocked him. They, he can paint them as the party of forever wars. That's a good thing. Uh, Yeah. 
And it just why, goes. Why did he hire Bolton in the first place? Bolton wants to go to war with him. He'd be up for attacking Martha's Vineyard today if that was on the table. He wants to go out fight everybody everywhere. He I know. But you know why he hired Bolton? Because Trump's HR department is Fox News, and Bolton went on there and defended him. And so he, Trump considered him, you know, a good ally. But but you're right about that. But if you look at Bolton and Maddox and some of the other people who left and then went out to stab Trump, all of them were angry over Syria. All of them were angry that Trump wanted to withdraw from foreign wars. And if anything, that goes to show a, a, a consistency in Trump's uh, philosophy and, you know, wanting to be out of foreign wars. He considers uh, and, and this, this could be a great move in whatever, September, October. An actual visual, you know, video of here we are leaving. Here they are getting on planes and getting the hell out of Afghanistan. There's no, nobody in America, no, no taxpaying American wants to be there. None. I'm, I'm convinced if you took a genuine poll, it'd be, and, and, you know, Trump hating aside, it'd be like 98% of Americans want the hell out of Afghanistan. Soldiers, veterans, they want out. Unless you're a general, everyone wants out. That war should have been over in two months. It's now going on 19 years. It's insane. Generals who now who retire and work for defense companies who then lobby as to why we still need to be there. You know, uh, you're right about that. And he should he should be lauding the fact that that or, or somebody should be lauding the fact that he wants to be out of these wars. But they but they never do. But who, who wants to have a kid now who dies in Afghanistan in, sure. in the mountains of Afghanistan for what? At this point, I talked to a Marine who did a lot of tours in Afghanistan in the early 2000s, and he said that the people who they would run into in the little tribes and villages had never heard of Afghanistan. You know, it's not a place with an identity. It's not a country, a tenable, you know, state that you can deal with. It's a hellhole. We, we, uh, we had Robert O'Neill, the man who killed bin Laden on the, on the podcast a couple months ago. He, a guy, I like guys like him, veterans, guys who fought almost uh, to a man. They don't want to be there anymore. I follow guys like you know Jesse Kelly, uh, guys who who've been in combat, they don't want, they don't understand it. My favorite anecdote from Robert O'Neill from his book was, you know how, you know how, just how they their culture is so different, so backwards, and so primitive that he'd be dealing with, you know, an officer in the Afghan army, and I think it was somebody like, you know, uh, fairly high up, and they thought they believed in dragons, and they thought the sunset was when a dragon blew out the sun. And, he, and you're fighting and dying and, and strategizing with a guy who believes in dragons and thinks dragons blow the sun out every night. I mean, and he's like, what the hell are we, what are we fighting and dying for these people for? They don't want us there. I mean, nobody wants to be there except, you know, Lynn Cheney and a bunch of Democrats. It's it's disgusting. We should have been home decades. I mean, like almost two decades ago. And yet, you know, forty five hundred Great Americans have died over there, and there's going to be others who die for no damn reason. Trump should make that a huge, a huge uh, campaign issue, and he should try to get them home in the fall, which will kill. All right, today's show is brought to you by Flagship Wealth. I'm actually joined by Dave McDonough, a man I have known for 10 years. Dave, you're here with us. We've given away hundreds of those free reports on flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. So if you want one, go there. But I wanted to tell my story and then bring you in on it. When I got fired by Entercom, which a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, they know about. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz. My family had four 401ks that were not being actively managed. I spoke to this man, Dave. Why do people have to have an advisor who actively manages 
their 401k? Well, David, first of all, it's simplicity. With four different custodians, that's four different 800 numbers, four different asset allocations. As we say at the flagship, you want all your ships sailing in the same direction. And let's talk about your beneficiaries on that. If you need to call these four different companies, can you imagine if you passed away what your beneficiaries would have to go through just to get their hands on this money? Consolidation, one person to talk to, that's why you need to consolidate your assets. When I started with those companies, literally all they asked me was, when do you plan to retire? And they probably put me into some mutual fund that's just based off a time horizon. Nonsense talk. Go work with somebody who knows what they're doing. That's what I did. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You can speak directly to Dave McDonough as well. He's the founder of Flagship Wealth. Dave, thank you for that information. We're going to it. We've given away hundreds. We're going to give away hundreds more because I do ad reads better than anybody else in the podcasting business, right? David, I couldn't agree with you more. Fiveshipwealth.com slash retirement. Member FINRA, SIPC. See, I'm convinced now, Shattuck, and, and you know this, you, you study this stuff. I'm convinced. People ask me, you know, will Trump get elected? You know, is Biden going to hold on to this lead? And I, my answer is, who the hell knows? Because the Democrats have showed the media and the Democrats together have showed that they are, there's nothing that they, that they will not do to stop Trump. And mm-hmm. which cause brings me to our, our, our next topic here on my, they will not, or they will fight like hell to, to keep the schools closed, not because of the virus. Everybody knows the virus does not affect children. Everyone knows it's worse. Kids are worse off when they stay home than when they go to school. It's not good for them. This is going to have long-term negative effects if you keep kids home. They should all be back in school. In fact, they never should have been kept out of school in the first place. But the teachers union, these real devoted teachers are going to fight to not do their jobs, to continue to get paid, to do nothing. They've already laid down the gauntlet. They don't want to go back to work. Um, Trump has already gone on the record. Damn it. Open up the schools. His, you know, Betsy DeVos has said, we need to go back to school, but it's a local decision a state, a state level or local town level decision. And, and they're going to keep kids home in many places for one reason above all others. It hurts Trump. That's uh, yep. if you continue the panic, if you continue, uh, the, the, the lockdown, the shutdown, people who hate Trump, people like Charlie Baker in Massachusetts or, uh, you know, Andrew Cuomo or Phil Murphy, they, you could have a thousand experts around a table, epidemiologists saying, these kids don't get the it, it's it's these kids are more likely to get killed in a bus crash on the way to school than they are to get the virus, give the virus. It doesn't affect them. They must go back to school and they're going to say, yeah, but if they go back to school, is that good for Trump or not? Because that's all that matters. At this point. You're right. You're right. And all you have to do is just look at the news right now, the coronavirus news, what you're hearing and you're reading in the AP, among other things, is that cases are spiking and hospitalizations are spiking and that uh, governors are scrambling. The truth is, is that cases are spiking, of course, testing is spiking, but hospitalizations generally are are largely for patients who are there for other reasons, but also happen to have the coronavirus. Also, fatalities have plummeted. This thing is either changing in a way that make, it's making it less, uh, more benign, or, uh, you know, everybody who got it and could die, essentially, or many of them have already gotten it. This is good news that we have right now. The fact that fatalities are in the basement is good news compared to all of the, the of course. Yeah, and, and the, people should be celebrating. This is a it means we've turned a corner. But you're right. No, it 
this is all part of a performance um, production that's done to stick it to Trump to the election. You know, from from getting maced reporters pretending they just got maced to, you know, you know, health experts and governors, you know, in people like Cuomo with that big mountain, the Shamu mountain that shows the curve. You know, this is all performance art. It's all about politics. It's all about Death, the deaths. Deaths are down like 86 percent, 88 percent since the peak in April. And there and it's for obvious reasons. The people who are getting it are much, much younger. Many of them are protesters. Keep that under your hat. Don't let anyone know that the protests spread the virus. But I don't care because it's not killing them. Most of them don't even know they have it. Um, that's a good thing that leads you to, and I'm, and I'm not going to get into this, but I've seen enough experts on TV. That's how you get to herd immunity. You get people, young people get it. They get through it. They get antibodies. You move on. We've already, uh, quarantined, uh, the elderly and the vulnerable. They're not some third graders, not going to go to school, get the virus, bring it home and go visit grandma at the nursing home. That's not going to happen. Unfortunately, for the people in the nursing home, they can't suddenly have you know, all kinds of kids coming to visit them because those kids are going to go back to school. But there's like zero chance the kids get it, uh, you know, next to zero. And even if they get it, the zero chance they give it. It's just ridiculous that you would say they can't go back. And even sillier is that they have to go back wearing masks or or separating the desks or uh, taking, you know, three or four buses because you can only have one kid per, you know, 10 feet on the bus. That's all designed to spread the fear, to continue the fear, to continue to hurt Trump. They should just go back the way they did in Sweden. They've gone back in most countries, you know. You know that. All over Europe, schools have opened. Kids are back at school. Nobody's dying. It has to happen, but you got two problems. you got the teachers' union and the real radicals that don't want to give this appearance that that we're on the way back, at least not till November 4th, which, I mean, let's be honest. The, the virus is over November 4th either way, whether Trump wins or not. We're done with the virus on November 4th. We can just move on. That's right. the, uh, that, that, that's the one thing. They don't want the appearance that everything is back to normal. And, you know, the, the uh, you know, they're also getting <laughs> a long paid vacation. There's going to be, I'm not accusing all teachers of that, but there's going to be some teachers who say, really go back to school. Eh, the hell with it. If you're over, if you're over 60, if you're overweight, if you're whatever, you name it, anything, diabetic, don't go back. Don't go back. All right. right. We'll continue to, you know, you can continue the free ride, the vacation, but the teachers, the average teacher is like, I just saw the number 38, 39 years old. You know, they're young. It's a young person's game, especially elementary school teachers. The idea that you would keep your kids, your young kids, home for another day is insanity. I mean, I can't believe there are people actually serious people defending it. Like our idiot governor in Massachusetts saying, Oh, we don't know. The kids will have to wear ma- no sports. You're not allowed. No, we can't have sports. Why? Who cares if they touch each other? They're children. They don't get it. They don't give it. They should all be back in school. They should be back on the playing field. Didn't they just get permission to play baseball in Massachusetts like this week? Mm-hmm. How silly is that, that kids, 10-year-old kids can't play baseball? Yeah, no, and, and there's another part of it, too. Remember, and, the, you know, history, if it is written, if the, this isn't the end of days, history will show that they 
you know, they were telling, suggesting, encouraging people to get out to these protests and with right. a straight face telling us that the protests were safe. And then uh, media uh, anchors came on TV and told us, well, most of the protesters wear masks. But th the fact is they were arm in arm. They were rubbing up against each other in the hot summer, screaming, screaming and yelling. And it was it's absolutely not a safe. If you're going to go by those standards, remember, you, you know, you had six people in a black church in Western Mass. The cops had to roll in and, and bust that up. But in this situation, in the streets, people are screaming and yelling. A lot of them don't have masks. Even if you do, they already said that you can't have the Trump rally even with masks because people st tend to say things like lock her up. And that's a lot of talking. So that, that stuff. <laughs> so, but the, 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 the thing is, is that you had people like the, the uh, Atlanta mayor also saying this was important because Black Lives Matter was a health care matter as well. It's about the health of an entire race of Americans. So that's why it's important to get out there. She got out there. She now has COVID, by the way. So oh, that's right. That's right. Now, my favorite is we know de Blasio is a moron. We know he's hated by everybody. But he and one of his things is he's an anti-Semite who cracked down on synagogues. He would not let Jewish people go to synagogue or, by the way, go to the playgrounds in the Jewish neighborhoods while encouraging hundreds of thousands of people to gather for <laughs> trans gay black rights or whatever it was, black gay trans rights. And when asked about it, he had a rare moment of candor. He slipped up and said, well, that's more meaningful, you know, more meaningful. Can you imagine telling someone that something, anything is more meaningful than their time to worship than their religion i mean even if you don't even if you're an atheist even if you don't whatever don't like jews like de blasio you have to admit it's <laughs> meaningful to them don't you that's the he used those two words he said yes. purpose it has a purpose and it is meaningful to them and uh, again i don't think he meant it because again he's normally he'd be used to lying about his disdain for right. jewish people in this case, he said, going out there to march for black trans rights is more meaningful than going to your place of worship, you know, getting on your knees and praying to your God. That's insane. And I, you know, I encourage more of de Blasio because he's such an embarrassment that even the crazy left wingers, even, you know, the CNNs and Don Lemons, they can't really uh, support him. They know what a just a, a, a awful human being he is. But I think it's, it's good that there is more cases, fewer deaths because um, obviously the protests spread the virus, but it's I mean, most people who protest were young. They're not dying. Right. And Jerry, and, and if this continues and the death rate continues to decline at some point, this will no longer fit the term pandemic. Do you think the media is going to stop using that term? No. What happened? I don't even know what the technical definition is. When, when does it become not a pandemic? It has to be. There's a threshold of death that it has to hit. I don't remember exactly what it is. But it, right now, you know, if it's less than you know, one out of every 10,000 people getting it, and this thing is far less, becomes far less deadly than the seasonal flu, well, then we're going to have to, I mean, by definition, it would have to change. But it's not only, it's funny you talk about the Blasio. Can you imagine if Trump had not only shut the Jewish people out of their playground, but welded the gate shut. Right. I know that is... on this guy's mind, you know, but he absolutely, you know, he's totally, he's totally, you know, cleansed 
uh, whitewashed by the media for any of these sins that he's done. It's crazy. That I think it was a little bit much when he said they want guys to have to start wearing gold stars on their jackets. Do you think that was a little bit? I mean, I, he wants to make sure he knows who they are. I mean, it, it is it, this day and age, an anti-Semite like de Blasio's the mayor in the biggest city, a city with millions of taxpaying Jewish Americans. It's disgusting. But again, it's a good thing for Trump. Here's the other problem is if it if there's not as many deaths, if people are suddenly realizing they can go outside and, you know, it could still be whatever. Careful. Wash your hands and don't shake hands, whatever. Eventually, even, you know, the mainstream media is going to have to encourage their guy to come out of the basement and the plan to cancel the debates, which I'm sure they got the whole thing worked out. Now, how can we avoid debates? That's going to fall apart. They're going to have to debate. They're going to have to debate in some form. I mean, they, Biden can have his mask hanging from his ear, which he likes to do. That's I think he thinks that, that you know wards off evil spirits. But he wears his uh, his mask hanging from his ear, and he can take the stage and he can ramble and bumble around. And it'll be fantastic theater, and that's supposed to happen next month. I mean, the first debate would normally be in August, correct? Uh, sounds about right. August, September, then October, something like that which will be the great, highest rated debate ever. I look forward to it. And I wonder if they're, if they're running out of ways to say we can't do it, you know, pandemic, whatever, we can't debate. Maybe Trump taxes. You can't do it until he releases his tax returns. Something like that. They're going to come up with some stupid plan to try to avoid it. They'll say, you know, eventually they'll admit, agree to it and say we can only do one debate or, you know, maybe there'll be 10 minute debates, you know, you know, they'll each get one question, then we'll be done or some, virtual debate where Biden can have his advisor, you know, have a teleprompter or someone handing him notes. They'll do what they can, just like everything else. But I don't see how you can say Biden's going to win or Trump's going to win when you know there's going to be a new Russia hoax, a new, you know, Julie Swetnick coming down the pub. They've shown that they will bring anything out of out, out to stop him. So why do we think that they're just going to play it straight from here to November? It's four months, less than four months. Where no, there will, it will be just a, at this point a pure fabrication. You remember they they said uh, that there was a um, an apprentice tape that had Trump using the N word. They used to say, "Oh yeah, years. right, right." That no, was Donny. Do- that was Donny Deutsch's thing, right? Kept saying right. the tape was coming. Right. They'll come up with um, a, a transcript or something like that. It'll never end. Never end. It's only going to accelerate. You had a couple of weeks ago, the Russians trying to pay off uh, Taliban to whack Americans with no good, solid intelligence. It wouldn't be an unbelievable thing to think that they would because everybody pays off Afghans. You know, these Navy SEALs like you talk to, um, you know, they walk around with wads of cash you know, because these guys will do anything for anybody. There's no sense of loyalty there at all. But it was a story that, that was not sourced properly and had not been properly vetted. It was a story that got knocked down within the administration fairly quickly. But, you know, it doesn't matter. They're running with anything they want to. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. And they will continue to try to cancel people and cancel people around Trump. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It, you can. Which is to me, uh, to me, Tom, it's a gift. It's a gift because if they just, uh, you know, stuck to the script, they could win more easily but the, people don't like the cancel culture they people don't like you know the fact that uh, you know that you can't watch cops or paw patrol or you know 
they changed the label of Aunt Jemima. You think average voters in Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio like that culture? They, they, there's no way. That's another winning issue for Trump. I'm, I mean, he'll probably screw it up, mm. but that doesn't help when your side, and this is all Democrats, it's all liberals. There's no right wingers calling for canceling anybody. If they were, Deshaun Jackson would be out of the NFL and we'll get to Deshaun Jackson, but the cancel culture is strictly driven from, it's a one-way street and that's a good issue, I think, for Trump. Don't you? Yes, exactly. And this stuff with Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, this is stuff pushed by woke white people. This is not, the black community doesn't give a flying bleep about this stuff. That's true. These are, you know, college-educated white progressives who are this simply virtue signaling and making these changes for no real reason. You know, there's if you talk to anybody in Indian reservations and folks there, they're not they don't care about the wash. They don't care about the NFL. You know, there's unemployment and alcoholism, opioid use on these reservations. They want real help. I mean, if, this is it's BS. I hopefully it can resonate with people. But I do think that there has been such an intimidation campaign to let you know that you are on notice and you will be canceled. Your life will be ruined in a second. It's scary. People know it. You know it. I mean, I think there's and Black Lives Matter. I say it every day is the best example of that. Everybody is is scared to death to tell the truth about him. We paid tribute yesterday to Marcellus Wallace. I keep saying Marcellus Wallace uh, from Pulp Fiction. Marcellus Wiley from uh, uh, Fox. And he, you know, played at Columbia. He was played in the NFL. Smart guy. And he had showed some guts, man. We played it yesterday. He's got a three. If you haven't seen it, Google it, watch it. Because in this day and age, that is real courage where he gets, he looks at the website. He goes through some of the items on, you know, BLM's agenda. We know them all by now. They want to defund the police, open the border, dismantle it, uh, uh, disrupt the nuclear family and end capitalism. That's the organization that, that John Cena and, and Jack Dorsey are giving millions to that. Those are the anarchists that they are subsidizing. And Wiley points out that the most important thing to him in the black community is the family, you know, the nuclear family. And he had a good family. And because of that, he went to Columbia. He went to the NFL. He's a big, he wrote a book. He's a big media star and his friends did not have a family like his and they got in trouble. That is the number one indicator. And this organization that's supposedly concerned with black lives is dedicated to disrupting the nuclear family. It's utter insanity that people are supporting that blindly, unconditionally. That is the scary thing. The CNN primetime anchor told me last night and two nights ago, as he was berating and browbeating American black actor Terry Crews, told me the Black Lives Matter was simply about police brutality, regardless of the bullet points that were written there. And so when Terry Crews dared to say that we should also be focusing on homicides within the black community, which is, of course, where the vast majority of the deaths are happening, he was told, no, that's not what this is. That's like telling an AIDS patient that they have to also care about cancer, where really the truth is that we should care about you know, people with health afflictions all altogether. But it's it's interesting is that's the formula. The formula is to make sure this is just about police brutality because that's how you get the revolution to happen because you can it can be sure. racist. And when you have races that you can triangulate to Donald Trump and that's the where it all is. You have sensible people, including black Americans, saying, Hey, wait a second, we got a whole bunch of problems and Black Lives Matter 
is uh, this is troublesome. The fact that they want to destroy the nuclear family that in, in encouraging the over 75 percent of mothers to be unwed in the black community, which you know leaves them in total economic despair and creates a path, a certain path of, of despair and underachievement for them and their offspring going forward. But, but, but no. And here's the thing. I mean, Don Lemon is, you know, he's a dangerous combination. He's, he's, he's a liar and he's dumb. I mean, he, he, uh, Terry Crews like read the website. That's all he did. Yes. Marcellus Wiley read the website. It's not hard to do. I do it all the time. I refer to it all the time. And by the way, I focus on disrupting the nuclear family or, Defunding the police. There's all kinds of crazy things on there about blah, queer, trans rights, yeah. which, you know, let's be honest, that's top priority for the inner blacks in the inner city is queer, trans rights and all these. They are a fringe radical group that came up with an ingenious name, an ingenious copyright, man. They are Black Lives Matter. And if you disagree with them, that means you don't care about black lives. Um, you know, we, we go over this every day, but uh, uh, Terry Crews was just trying to say, let's, you know, let's not be, let's not be so focused on race. Let's all lives matter, which is offensive, obviously. And Don Lemon's a liar. He knows that it's, it, he knows two things. They're not just about police brutality. And and he, and he, he, um, he browbeat him and he insulted him. And he said, be smarter. Think about it. Think it through. You know, it was only Don Lemon. Lemon just the opposite. He, yeah, Terry Crews did think it through. Exactly. And Don Lemon is a guy with a straight face who suggested that the missing, uh, you know, jet liner five years ago had been sucked into a black hole and put that out there as uh, as the discussion point, the MH330. Well, do, you, do, you know it, do you know it wasn't? Do you know for a fact that it wasn't? No, I don't know it wasn't. That's a good yeah. point. Well, you, you know, don't speak too soon. But he, I mean, he knows two things. He knows they have all these crazy left wing items on their agenda, including disrupting the new and he also knows police brutality is not an epidemic. I mean, he knows that there are much, much bigger problems, which is why he wants to ignore Chicago, you know, Detroit. He wants to ignore New York City, what's happening, kids being murdered. He wants to ignore that because it doesn't serve his agenda. He, you know, his agenda is, you know, to attack the cops and stop the evil orange man. He's a liar. It's, I mean, you could see it every time he, uh, goes off on one of these tangents, one of these, uh, like he did with Bubba Wallace. It was all, it wasn't about, you know, Bubba Wallace. It was about his own agenda of stopping Trump and making it seem like there's a war on, on, on black, young black men by the police. It's, it's just absurd. But I think the one, th again, the thing Trump has going for him above all others is the insanity of his opposition. And you know, that, that's, if Biden ever were to actually do a press conference, and not like a campaign event with his supporters from the networks and the newspapers. The, you know, the question, every question should be, do you support these radicals? Do you, do you agree with Elon Omar, AOC? Do you agree with Black Lives Matter? Do you agree with Antifa? I mean, are you guys on the same page? That should be all people want to know from Joe Biden. But I want to right. get to If you ask Biden, do Black Lives Matter? And he suggests, then you say, do white lives matter? What's he going to say? Because you, you're not supposed to have an equal equation. Pepper. Sorry, the dog's broken. <laughs> not equally weighed. Hold on. I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, um, you know, go feed Pepper. I'm going to do uh, shake concrete. And I'm, I'm going to talk about Elon Omar and Kaepernick, by the way. It's good to see that. Um, it's good to see that 
the Shattuck is leading the charge to get Kaepernick in the Hall of Fame. He needed somebody to do that. Uh, he needs lots of people to do that. I don't think he's going to quite make it, but and we'll get to Elon Omar and Sean Jackson too, by the way. That Kaepernick thing that he, I mean, he asked me to come on that show last night and I want no part of an argument. Kaepernick belongs nowhere near the Hall of Fame unless they're doing some dumb little like, uh, you know, star on a wall type of thing. You know, maybe he'll get in. But All right, we'll let we'll let Shattuck make the case after I tell you about Shea Concrete and uh, we'll let him tell us why Kaepernick belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Shea Concrete, you know, you know all about them by now. It's a fourth generation owned and operated business working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. They're a local company, but they're all over New England. Four state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities, and guess what? They're all hiring. I'll get to that. If you already got a job, if you're a contractor, let me tell you, some of the products Shea can deliver to your job site ready for installation today. Water and wastewater products, barriers and bollards, Stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. These guys could do it all. If you're an engineer, Shea can help you design your next project. They got a whole bunch of really smart engineers, hard at work today, willing to help you. They didn't shut down, not for a minute. They've been working hard, going strong for this entire lockdown. Can't lock down Shea Concrete. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate. Or you can log on to SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, if you're looking for work, maybe you're looking, maybe you have a job, but it's not, you don't love the job. You'll, you could upgrade. You could upgrade your, your job, your career. Shade Concrete is always hiring, always looking for good people. They're looking for CDL drivers right now. They're looking for help at all their places, all four of their facilities. You can look at the job openings on their website, shakeconcrete.com, or you could send them your resume at jobs at shakeconcrete.com. See if it'd be a good fit. I'm going to guess it would and demand one thing. Make them give you a hat. Back in February when COVID-19 was a distant concept to most Americans, gold was in the $1,500 range. The Dow was over 29000 Today, as the virus tears apart the economy, gold is over $1,700. And the Dow's up, what, over 27000 Major market disruptions favor gold. Instability, uncertainty, and impending inflation favor gold. If you have not diversified some of your savings into gold, there's no better time than today. Protect your savings from any further setbacks in the stock market. Gold is a safe haven against uncertainty. And the company that I trust with precious metal purchases is Birch Gold Group. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's perfect. For those who want to protect their hard-earned retirement savings from any more downturn in stocks. Look back historically. When the bottom falls out of everything else, gold tends to be safeguard savings. Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes sense for you. This comprehensive 20-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risky stocks and bonds and into precious metals IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com slash jerry. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash g-e-r-r-y but i i tell you um i i have i say this all the time in my in my private life i think my number one pet peeve my i get lots of them i know everyone knows that 
One thing annoys me more than else, more than anything is like ingratitude. Like if people, the worst thing in the world you could do be, I'd say, well, maybe murder, but just be behind murder is if someone lets you go out in traffic, like waves you in and you don't wave. Thank you. If I haven't, I'm this close every time I let someone come out and they don't wave. I just want to ram them. I just want to smash my car into them. I think that would be justified. I would go to court. I would plead. I would say they did not wave. Or you ever open a door for someone like going into a store, going into a, whatever, a Dunkin' Donuts, and they go in and they don't thank you? God, that I just want to, I want to punch them. You know, the back of the head is we're waiting in line. It is so rude. I hate ingratitude. I, I think I've tried to instill, you know, a sense of gratitude in my children. I know my parents did it in me. I, I say thank you. I say please. I am nice to, you know, waitresses and, 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 you know, people at uh, the counter at whatever, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or whatever. Are you going to get to who's an asshole or not? Like, what's going on I, here? No, I'm, I'm yeah. explaining to you. Okay, do, does anyone agree with me? Or are you guys okay? Colleen's probably one of those assholes who don't thank you, who don't oh. wave, who you give them something and they don't say anything. One no, of those people. No. Yes. I'm, I'm as nice as they come. I'm as nice no. as they come. People, I, cut I, me I, off, I, people cut me off in traffic. I don't even honk the horn. I, I, I'm I, not I, talking I, about cutting off in traffic. Are I you know. even listening to I me? I am listening to you. It's not the same thing. I'm talking about ingratitude. The biggest ingrate in the world, the biggest, there's none close. I mean, there's plenty out there to stay in age, spoiled brats in, in Hollywood and in, in, in sports. Elon Omar, I was reading her bio today. It's, it's incredible what she has gotten from this country. This country has given her everything. She was living in a refugee camp in Kenya. She's from Somalia, the most lawless, uh, most miserable place on the planet. She went from Kenya in this Somali, we gave her asylum. We gave her a life in this country. Her mother died when she was a child. She was raised by her father and grandfather. She came here. She got a high school education. She got a college education. I'm going to guess she hasn't reached in her pocket for any of it. We have given this miserable woman everything. She's a member of Congress, a member of Congress. She was in the House of Representatives in Minnesota. She went to Congress. She's now one of the most powerful people in the world. A 37-year-old Somali-American. And what does she want to do every chance she gets? She wants to take a big dump on America. She hates America. She wants to turn America into Somalia, apparently. She wants to disrupt. Yesterday, her, her take was she wants to dismantle the whole system. What? I mean, honest to God, this is the freest. This is the, the, the This country offers the most opportunity to people. It's the least racist place. Everybody has a chance. Look at you. Look in the mirror. Look what you've accomplished. And she turns around and talks about how racist and awful this country is. I swear to God, this is the most detestable. This is the most loathsome character in in Washington. And and every time she talks, I, I, I get more disgusted. Does she ever say anything good about this country? Does she? I mean, does she really want us to be? Somalia, does she want Minneapolis to be Mogadishu? Is that her goal? So that it's lawless and there's just crime and, and, and poverty and, and no central government, no controls on anything? Is that what she wants? Yeah, no. And it's funny because she seems to thrive very well within that system. You know, there's news out now that she's paid her husband over $800,000. Right. She's totally corrupt, by the way. Totally corrupt. And my guess is still will never get her on any of it because they're afraid we talked about it earlier 
that intimidation. Everyone's afraid to point out how corrupt. She married her own brother. It was an immigration <laughs> crime. We know why she did it. I'm not accusing her of consummating the marriage. I'm accusing her of immigration fraud. We all know that. She's a liar. She's a, a, a fraud. She has, uh, uh, like you said, funneled money to her boyfriend, who's now her husband. She's she's a crook, but she'll never be charged with it because she's one of these you know, special people that people don't want to cross. It's incredible. Right. And she's, you know, that's $800,000. Seems like she, that sounds like to me that that's all about the Benjamins, you, you know, which was uh, the way she described, uh, you know, Jews in America. She's also got a pretty big problem. It's, don't be a, a Jewish person in 2020, man. You have no quarter here. Nobody has your back. You got mayors locking you into uh, playgrounds and this uh, anti-Semite here. Uh, totally castigating Jewish people, enriching herself. Obviously, she's she hates the country, and but this is what's the thing is, Jerry. It's not just her; it's it's middle class white women <laughs> from Chelsea and Newburyport who feel the same. They feel this country is disgusting. What and what, what did what did Jews do to do? What did they do to earn this? You know this I, rap. I don't it, even it, understand it. it. But I just heard oh, from what? a very high profile person, Jerry, who's not going to be canceled. That the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work. If it's- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Sorry, Josh. Deshaun Jackson uh, shortly, because I definitely want to get to that. But uh, Eli, do you have the sound, Dave, of Elon Omar yesterday saying she wants to dismantle the whole system? Yep. The system that is. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. It is amazing. If we're being honest, that woman should stand before the cameras and say, God, I love this country. She should kiss the ground and love it as much as anyone. Just say, this is a a wonderful place. Look at me. Look what I've become. One of the most powerful people in the world at my age. When I, whatever, 20 years ago, was living in a refugee camp in Kenya. I've I've come here. I've gotten educated for free, gotten everything for free. And now look at me. I'm making decisions. I'm an advisor to the next president if she thinks, if she gets her way. You know, she, if Biden gets elected, I mean, I don't think she'll ever leave the House of Representatives because she's not electable any other way. She, I don't think she could ever be a senator. I don't think she she would take a cabinet position, but she would continue to wield power like like few others and bitch about how awful this country is. It's just disgusting. And this is another thing Trump has to do. Tie people like that and AOC and Ayanna Presley and Bernie Sanders, tie them to Biden. That's his goal. Right. Well, let's hope he can do it. And if you can leave uh, Bubba Wallace alone for five minutes, maybe he can do it. But, you know, she talks about the, all the systems of oppression. It is funny that things are so good in this country in 2020. Things have never been for the lowest class person in 2020, the poorest, the most impoverished person in 2020 in the United States. Your condition and station is better than almost any in the history of any civilization ever. We've got it so well that our poorest of the poor are eating themselves to death. <laughs> too much food. I mean, her. She sounds like any Columbia professor, any most Harvard professors, and this stuff is taught. What she's saying is taught, and we just gotta hope 
that there are voices out there who can rise. It's, disgust, it's disgusting. I mean, all and and my congresswoman is just as bad. Ayanna Presley leading the charge to defund the cops hates cops. They want lawlessness, even though they know we need cops right now more than ever. We need order more than ever. With these these Antifa scum have been emboldened. It's scary. It's scary to think if Biden wins, that woman is going to be an advisor. That woman is going to be important. She's mm-hmm. not going to be, oh, here we go. Good job, Dave. This is, um, if you're watching on Facebook, this is, I don't know, some woman named Brandy Love. I've heard of her. Sounds familiar. Brandy Love tweeting about uh, about Elon Omar calling she's an actress. Her. She's a very, she's a respected actress. Let's yes, a respected her. actress yeah. and a good right winger. If you don't follow Brandy on Twitter, you should. Just, you know, for the political commentary. And occasionally you get other little bonus bonus videos along with the black yeah. <laughs> must fall. Let's just put it do, that way. Do you not follow Brandy Love, Shattuck? I I only became aware uh, of her uh, in the last year. No, I like uh, I, I heard her in an interview. I liked her. That's uh, that's Minahan's gal, but uh, yeah. she cheats on him occasionally with me. And uh, you know, I just try to keep up on you know, various political uh, pundits out there. And she's on top of things, so I follow Brandy. Everybody knows everybody, even if you're lefty, even if you're lefty, you have to be disgusted at the ingratitude of this of this woman, of this woman who is never, ever says a nice word about the country. Never. It's it's nauseating. But speaking of uh, nauseating, um, what happened with Brandy Love? What, what do you want? Do you want to see other tweets from her? Oh, oh! Say, so okay, you were reading a tweet. I'm sorry, I thought she that was you tweeting about. Uh, she was tweeting about Omar calling her a treasonous or calling a traitor or something. But okay. um, just a, a ask, chance to Shattuck, ask, me anything about, ask me anything about Brandy Love. I'll tell you anything you want to know about Brandy Love. I got yes. enough problems. Oh no, Dave, yeah. are you talking to me now? Because I wasn't sure. Because last night you weren't talking to me. Uh, I was a little tied up. But if you want to get into what the a, Kaepernick thing, what a big time. Hey, Dave, do you mind jumping on really quick to talk about Kaepernick? Is my text? Your response to me was, "Dude." I'm totally out of pocket. I'll circle back on the flip side. (laughs) That was certainly not the quote that I sent you. Jerry Jerry would commend me because I was spending time with my children last night. He would commend that action by me. What were were you doing with the children? Uh, I was at my parents' house. My my uh, my three year old was swimming at that time. It was a nice it was a nice evening. All right. Yeah, that's okay. You know, like I said, he's one of these ingrates. You do a lot of favors for us, and then Dave doesn't do anything for you. Me. I jumped on right away to talk about Kaepernick in the Hall of Fame, even though even though I'm, I'm with Cullen a and it's kind of a silly premise. I don't know where you ever got the idea that Kaepernick was a Hall of Famer. How many years? And, did Kaep- how many years did Kaepernick actually play football? Four? Uh, not that many. Like because uh, he, he didn't all, have the whole first season, right? He. I mean, I got all his numbers. No, his first season he played three games, never started. He was a starter half the sec half of yeah. the second season, and then one, two, three, three and a half seasons as a starter. He was 28 and 30. His last season in San Francisco in 2016, he went 1 and 10. He was awful. He lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. Last night, a tidal wave of uh, mouth breathing, breathing, uh, you know, ball washing sports hardos. All your guys, Jerry, all said the same thing. No, no, look at the stats. He's this. That's ridiculous. You're you high. It's not about the meritocracy of the NFL, of the Hall of Fame. It's about the social justice revolution, the unraveling. Of course, it makes sense for them to try to get Kaepernick in there. It makes sense for the Hall of Fame to to you know bow to the pressure. Everybody else, nah. why would yeah. they hold it? Why would they? Nah. Hold it? 
I mean, I mean look, yeah. First he, of all, you're right. Peter King and people like him. Uh, Peter King will support him because Peter King is a radical lefty and, a, and a, just a brainless lemming. Um, but I think there are enough people who don't feel that way. Don't first of all, don't like Kaepernick's politics, but also we'll look at the numbers. At some point you got to look at the numbers. His numbers stink. He wasn't a good quarterback point, I mean, overall in his career. He was not a good quarterback. This is cultural journey. If you draw a happy face on the ground where it says black lives matter now in some cities, you'll get charged with a federal hate crime. Hate crime yes. That's new reality. So this isn't about any logic in, 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 in any symmetry in thinking. This is about this crazy unraveling culture war. And it just makes sense to me. I guarantee you that this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no chance. And, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's so nutty out there now that people don't care that he was not a good quarterback and people just love him because he hates America. But if he never comes back, I think even the real Kaepernick, you know, rump swabs will have to admit he was afraid he would be exposed. He was afraid to play. I mean, Cam Newton, former MVP, takes minimum wage to come back and prove something. And Kaepernick's going to sit there and say, no, they didn't offer me enough, or no, they're not going to make me the starter. He's the one setting the agenda. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. When Cam Newton has to swallow his pride and play for you know punter money, then uh, you can't make, you can't demand, command 20 million bucks a year. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't want to play. Why should he play? In this regard, I don't blame him. If Disney and Nike are going to throw yeah. money at him and he doesn't have to risk A, physical injury, or B, embarrassment, why should he play? Martyrdom pays. Martyrdom in this day and age pays well. They're making docu-series about his life. What what makes his life so interesting is what <laughs> I'd like to know. It's not. I mean, what are we going to go back, find out he was raised by a middle-class white family and eventually became a, a, a racist who, who who just loathed white, white people in general. That sounds real fascinating. Can't wait. Can't he, wait. He, he took a knee because he loved America, but then a few years later, he's taking a knee because he hates America. So he, he, can't, he can't make up his mind and nobody seems to care. That's true. Somebody pointed that out, like J.J. Watt and others, Brady and Breeze, these guys defended him because they figure that's what you got to do and say, oh, it's only about police brutality. And then he comes out with that screed on the 4th of July about how much he hates this country, basically putting the lie to all the people who have defended him. It isn't about police brutality. He hates the system. He hates the country he lives in, the country that gives him everything. The day after he came out with that whole thing about how awful America is, he signed a deal with Disney. I mean, he's just a hypocrite yes. and, and, a, and a radical. And there's... And uh, there's no way. Stop. What are we doing here? I'm with Cullen in on this. He's not a Hall of Famer. Stop this silly. Can you imagine the 4th of July? <clears throat> the 4th of July, we're outside, like you're grilling, you're giving the kids the crappy hot dogs and like giving the adults the Nathan hot dogs. You know, so you, some kids are swimming. You know, Dave has his grandparents, his parents watching his kids while he's drinking martinis inside. Excessively. And, and Kaepernick says, Black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, terrorized by America for centuries and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors. We reject your celebration of white supremacy. What could, what was he doing that day? What is he doing? I mean, that does, that sounds like an awful way to celebrate the 4th of July. Even if you no, it, it sounds like a miserable human being. Can you imagine hanging out with the guy uh, and then immediately? Immediately, with all these pictures of him with his Maserati or Lamborghini, whatever it is. I mean, he's just he's, he's a very wealthy, spoiled, pampered, protected little brat. 
He just will. Start. He will have a role within the NFL, though. Like, when do you think that's going to get announced? Something is. Gonna- I don't think he will. I don't think he will because martyrdom pays so well. He, he's comfortable in martyrdom. That's what he wants. That's what he's got going for him. He can keep it going as long yeah, as possible. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you put the NFL with the likes of Nike, Disney? That's that. If he can be the face of the movement and be employed by NFL in some capacity, be some kind of, you know, uh, spokesperson or whatever. That's going to happen. I just don't know in what capacity it just, it, it's going to well, happen. Everybody. I don't know what Shattuck, Shattuck, look at his uh, tweet on 4th of July. I don't know, four years ago. He was like all these other frauds. Four years ago, he was saying, happy 4th, everyone. God bless America. And then something changed in November of 2016. And suddenly America was brutalizing and terrorizing right. black people. It, uh, four years ago, he was like you. He was eating hot dogs and drinking beer and enjoying his Fourth of July. But we got a new president, and we can't be enjoying Fourth of July. This country's evil. But um, four years he, ago, he's the kind of guy who would accept, have accepted a deal from white corporate entities like Disney, who you know who are uh, handing him out currency with uh, pictures of white oppressionists on it. Four years ago, that guy would have done that. Now, of course, he'd be way above that. He would never. No, no. You know what? He should take a deal with Disney because Disney owns ESPN, and ESPN has been kissing his ass for four or five years now. Everyone on the damn channel just loves the fact that, you know, hates America. They all agree with him, all these Max Kellermans and Dan Lebertards and Bamani Jones. They can't wait to see in September how many people take a knee. And they're going to take a knee for the American anthem, the real national anthem. When they play the black national anthem, everyone's going to stand. And then when they play the real national anthem, everyone's going to kneel. It's going to be nauseating, and ESPN will be the biggest cheerleaders. They're going to love it. They're going to love it. But uh, I, I I saw uh, Clay Travis tweeting this this morning, and he's so right. Drew Brees said, how long ago was that now? Drew Brees got in trouble, a month and a half Mm-hmm. It's just this this whole this whole spring summer time is just so wild. But at one point, if you forget, not that long ago, Drew Brees talked about how much he loves the country, how much he respects his grandfathers who are veterans, and how much he feels like he should stand. We should stand for the anthem. Now I know that is pretty volatile, you know, mm-hmm. pretty toxic, saying that you love your country. Brees had to. Brees was vilified by everybody. And he had to apologize like 72 times. His wife apologized. His kids apologized. His uh, maid apologized. His next-door neighbor apologized. And then I think his dog, real smart, apologized. (laughs) Um, Breeze was on the ropes for a few weeks. Uh, I think he had to donate like millions to some charity, an inner-city charity. And finally, you know, we moved on. But for a while, he took crap for saying he loved his country and didn't want to kneel for the anthem. Um, Travis points out that there was much more condemnation of Drew Brees than there is of Deshaun Jackson. And I can't think of a way an athlete, a celebrity could say, do tweet something more offensive than what Deshaun Jackson tweeted. Would you guys agree that there's really, I mean, he, he tweeted a, what he thought was an Adolf Hitler saying, saying the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. That is what he posted on Instagram to his 1.4 million followers. He also tweeted a quote from uh, Instagram, the quote about uh, from Farrakhan, another uh, virulent anti-Semite and racist who said Hitler's a great man. 
Can you come up with something, anything an athlete could say or do more offensive than that? Well, it's great, too, because he said, well, I thought it was Mein Kampf. That's his excuse. <laughs> oh, well, then, you know, no problem, then. That's fine. I do believe that Hitler was, I think, I think Hitler should be caught up in this, um, this iconoclastic movement. I would, I would think that he'd be uh, frowned upon as a historic figure. But but then again, who knows now? Everything's been rejiggered. So I don't know if, if Hitler's now suddenly a force for good in some circles. I don't, I, I don't know. know. But you know, you know what the only defense is, Tom? The only defense is I'm a moron. That's what Deshaun Jackson. Right. Or I was Obviously, drunk. he is a moron. It did not. But because uh, anybody with a brain would say you can't tweet anything about Adolf Hitler or Louis Farrakhan, for that matter, without offending people. But he literally tweeted out that the Jews were, what was that again? Jews were a, uh, a, 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 will blackmail America. They'll extort America. Their plan is for world domination. It won't work if Negroes know who they are. And he said, this comes from Hitler. And um, he apologized, of course. The Eagles, you know, told him to apologize. His agent, whatever, told him to apologize. So I didn't mean any harm. He doesn't hate anybody. Oh, sure. Now, there was much, much more condemnation condemnation of Drew Brees who just wanted to say he loved America and would never kneel for the anthem than I've seen for Deshaun Jackson. Unless I'm missing something, Deshaun Jackson was a pretty well-known veteran player playing for a pretty prominent team, just praised, essentially praised Hitler. And everyone said, yeah, well, he said he was sorry. I mean, he's not canceled. He's not in any more trouble than that. No, and Larry Johnson did the same thing. The former whoever he is, you know who he is, um, kind of jumped on as well. You would, yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know what? If you're on the other side of Trump, doesn't matter. You can hang with Hitler all day. You can do the, you you know, weld the Jewish kids out of the playground all day in a city that's had a huge flare up in anti-Semitic hate crime. There's no, I mean, it's obviously this just shows it's it's not about it's not about Black Lives Matter. It's not about race. It's simply about the huge Marxist movement and Trump, 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 Trump. But it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, didn't Trent Lott just say that like uh, that? Who was the old guy? He got in trouble for that. Senator Trent Lott said uh, it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't uh, matter. Strom Thurmond. He got in trouble for praising Strom Thurmond. Trump, yeah. 108. And he just like went to his birthday party and, and back slapped him. And that was it. He lost his leadership positions because, of course, Republicans are spineless. But, yeah, I mean, I, I you can never you that's the you can never give in, can never give an inch, an inch. You can't. And if even when they're going to tell say that something that you said is dark and ominous and, you know, in a defense of Confederate statues. So, sorry, I'm moving this. And, um, you know, is a dog whistle. You can never explain, never. Drew Brees should not have done that. Eventually, if there is, if this all recedes and we go back to normal, Drew Brees will be seen as a guy with a leash around his neck who was who <laughs> movement. And I understand his wife was getting threats. They were getting death threats. And so he kind of had a gun to his head. But there's never a bad time to defend. He wasn't getting death threats. I mean, I'm sick of well, that. I mean, those are Twitter threats. Those aren't real right. threats. All right, but there's never a bad time to to uh, praise the soldiers who keep the lights on in this country. Who everything we have is because young men put themselves in the line and were torn apart. We're not allowed to praise them. It's it's crazy, and you know, and insulting them is considered a good thing. The, the 54th uh, uh, Massachusetts Regiment. You know, that was damaged. That statue in Boston was damaged. That's the all first all-black volunteer regiment 
in the Civil War. You know, William Carney was fought in that war. It was the first black Medal of Honor winner. The guy ran towards enemy lines when the flag was falling, even though he knew he'd be shot. And as he was going towards to catch the American flag, the enemy shot the hell out of him. And he bled and he grabbed the flag and he stumbled back, assuming that he'd be dead. And he was going to return to a country which he didn't have the full rights of everything that that flag represented. And you're supposed to dishonor guys like that. That's a good thing to dishonor guys like that. Screw that, man. I mean, guys like Kaepernick and this idiot John Jackson couldn't hold that guy's, you know, jock or whatever it was. I just, I just tw- uh, Googled, you know, Deshaun Jackson, Larry Johnson's defense of him, which is another anti-Semitic thing about the Jews, um, uh, pops up. Um, but I don't see a lot of condemnation. In fact, can you find any condemnation from other <clears throat> Other NFL players, have you seen any yeah, other that, NFL players say great. this is acceptable? Where's Julian Edelman, a yeah. proud Jewish American? Has he spoken out about this? That's that's the crazy part of it. I, I can understand the media aspect of it because nobody knows who the hell Deshaun Watt, uh, Jackson is and compared to Drew Brees, so I get that. But the amount of NFL players who spoke out against Drew Brees and who are not speaking out in any way against Deshaun Jackson now is, is crazy to me. It's crazy. I'd like someone to ask Julian Edelman about this because he, you know, he's proudly Jewish. He says it uh, occasionally, talks about it. How's he feel about this? His fellow wide receiver saying, you know, the Jews are going to blackmail America. And again, I don't want him canceled. I don't want him, you know, lose his job. But I would like to see him have to explain this. You know, why? You know, what do you mean by this? I'd like to see somebody confront him. Hell, a teammate or opposing player said, I'd like to hear him expound on this do you know what lewis farrakhan stands for do you know that farrakhan once said that hitler's a great man i mean this is as as offensive as it gets the uh no one else they're speaking out the forgiveness columns were out there within like two seconds for deshaun jackson and what they there was i didn't see many forgiveness call of columns out there for drew Brees. you know i i I saw reamer obviously wrote about it yesterday but there was plenty of other columns out there for deshaun jackson just saying he apologized he's learning from it and let's move on and not that all decent people shouldn't condemn the anti-semitic remarks from deshaun jackson because they should but the team is owned by jeffrey lurie who is a jewish person you know you would figure maybe he'd want to say can we have a chat just a five minutes in my office deshaun i just want to straighten some things out with you just in case you're not familiar with the author adolf hitler you know (laughs) I mean, it, it, it's a good point. Has he, has he said anything? I mean, again, I just Googled it and I'm looking and there's, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing. In fact, the first story is from Fox News saying, where is all the condemnation? It says, Drew Brees, dis- Drew Brees detractors largely silent uh, by a guy named Ryan Gatos. So um, the, the detractors, in fact, largely silent. They're completely silent. I can't see anybody. Um, it's just reading about Headline, Jason Jackson apologizes again for a Hitler post. Hitler post. Jesus, I don't know if in any quarters that is something that, that is allowed. You know, you said nobody should be canceled. I guess not. I guess not. But, I mean, that shows such a serious lack in judgment that I wouldn't want that dude in my team. I mean, it's just he's stupid, obviously. He's stupid. But it's like, um, I mean, I never think people should be canceled for something they say. It feels wrong. You should have to explain yourself, answer questions. You should be confronted on it, and you should own it. But you don't just say, oh, you said something I don't like, even if it's this stupid. Go away now. It just feels un-American to me. It's like 
when you hear about, you know, someone's get fired, you know, like the guy, uh, the CEO of whatever it was the other day, he quit his job in disgrace. He was forced to resign because 30 years ago, he wrote that he didn't think women should be on the front lines in combat. Well, first of all, that's a legitimate opinion. I think he, you know, he supported it in his own way in this story. He wrote an uh, article and he was forced to resign 30 years later because it was sexist. <laughs> that's insane. Right. And that, that debate was really kind of a mainstream majority opinion was on that side, even 20 years ago about women in combat and some other um, kind of threshold um, uh, military. It was, it was the Boeing C, uh was it Boeing CEO or COO? I'll get the title, but literally the guy had a legit opinion 30 years ago <laughs> and now he's out of work because it's not uh, woke. It's not woke enough at this, at this point. But, um, well, I mean, just look at the guy, the Papa John's guy, you know, how he got in trouble saying essentially make sure we never use this word and in using the word, <laughs> he used the word. And so there you go. He got he got canned. He also, you know, went with his hands up, went willingly, you know, tried to scratch himself, claw himself back in it at some point. But you, like, why would you why, if you're the Boeing guy, why wouldn't you just say go to hell? Anybody stands 30 years ago. I mean, if you so what's next? Then you want to look back on who was not for gay marriage and then go in, into, right. you know, white clean. All of those people delete all of those people from everything right. they're doing. That's a logical step. If you're if you're one of these radical LGBT groups, which partly Black Lives Matter is now, you're saying, True. "Hey, let's run the table on this." I, I feel like uh, you know you can't have a statue of Barack Obama because he was against gay marriage. That's a problem. I mean, I think Harriet yeah. Tubman wasn't big on uh, transgender rights. I think we can't have a statue of her either. So. Right. In that election, actually, it certainly in California, I forgot what it was, Prop 8 or whatever it was, that that brought anti-gay legislation, it would be called, the Obama surge in that uh, country. So there was some real existential damage to Brock's uh, ascension, or at least that case could be made using the rubric that everybody uses today to justify dethroning and canceling and uh, uh, destatuing people. I mean, this filter can be brought to up to date every few months and they will just continue wiping people out until yeah. and we just can hope that it, they just cannibalize themselves. And yeah, he wasn't, uh, he was the Boeing communications chief, Neil, uh, Colightly. Uh, he resigned after an employee filed a complaint about him regarding an article he wrote in 1987, <laughs> 1987 while serving in the military where he argued women should not be in combat. And it was, I, I assume, a reasonable position back then. It's not allowed anymore. Um, but uh, he talked about, you know, women obviously not as big, as strong, as fit uh, for combat in the front lines. He had that opinion. 30 years later, or whatever it is now, uh, how many years later, he is forced to resign his position as an executive with Boeing. It's madness. You mentioned another thing earlier, which I think is kind of crazy, but a, a couple, a uh, couple of people in California are um, facing hate crime charges because they painted graffiti over graffiti. So they basically they vandalized some vandalized uh, place. You know, they, they someone vandalized the street by painting Black Lives Matter, which is obviously not you know sanctioned, but it's might as well be. 
so someone painted Black Lives Matter and they tried to paint it over because, you know, it's graffiti. I, mean, mm-hmm. I never knew it was a crime to, if you see some spray painted thing on a, on a uh, side of a, a bridge, I never knew it was a crime to spray paint over the spray paint. I mean, I guess it'd be the same crime. It's vandalism. But they're being charged with a hate crime because they wanted to paint over Black Lives Matter. In another city, someone changed defund the police to defend the police and with paint, which I think is pretty cool. I like that. It's thoughtful. <laughs> uh, I don't think they caught them. When they do, I assume they'll do more time than, you know, Roger Stone. But uh, it, it's kind of uh, funny that you can paint Black Lives Matter, a tribute to a Marxist organization that wants to destroy this whole country. You paint over it, and you're going to go to jail for a hate crime, right? Hate yeah. crime? The, anyway. the guy, the guy in Macy's, the guy in Macy's, by the way, who beat up the Macy's employee yeah. while using the N word and pounding him into the ground in the middle of the store. No hate crime, no hate crime there, but hate crime here by trying to paint over BLM's uh, graffiti. And it's really interesting because to brainwash somebody, you have to do it incrementally. So you don't go for something that somebody accepts as as acceptable uh, right now. You go a little bit by little bit. So, you know, people are going to look at this and say, wait a second. Is it a hate crime to to paint over where where something's already been vandalized? And you have to stretch and say, I guess so. I guess so. And then the next step will be the next step and further and further and further. And so this national brainwashing, you know, Trump said it four years ago. Remember Charlottesville, where he commanded the whites, his fellow white supremacists to go kill everybody in the streets. I remember that. Well, remember that whole thing was about statues. Trump was warning about statues. Remember, they're going to try to tear down these Confederate statues. Then they're going to try to tear down Washington and Jefferson. Back then, there is nobody in the mainstream who took that seriously. They said there's no, nobody's tearing down Washington and Jefferson. Now you've got these people in the mainstream media, politicians and other uh, influencers who say, well, of course you tear down Jefferson and Washington, of course. And then they're looking at Frederick Douglass saying, uh, trying to wrap their minds around and say, yes, he did deal with Lincoln, I guess. Yeah, he and was right. I mean, we know we know Trump didn't say the white supremacists were fine people. He was talking about the people who were there. And on one side of this debate about whether you should take down statues and take down tributes to whoever, Robert E. Lee. There were people there who didn't want to do that. And he was talking about them because some of them, I'm sure, were fine people. They just want to preserve history. That doesn't make them, you know, a Klansman. Uh, that debate is long since over. You know, there's no way that Robert E. Lee and uh, Jefferson Davis are going to survive when you're tearing down uh, Frederick Douglass and Abe Lincoln. So we've moved on from that. But again, it's a couple, a uh, white couple, as CNN points out, who painted over a Black Lives Matter mural. They're facing hate crime charges. They're also facing three misdemeanors, including violation of civil rights, vandalism, and p- possession of tools to commit vandalism or graffiti. Um, <laughs> these people Can are going imagine? to prison. <laughs> misdemeanors are back, Jerry. Who knew? You know, even the Karen in Central Park who called the cops on the bird watching guy, Cooper, yeah. whatever her name was. She's going to jail. She's going to jail. The the district attorney, the big guy, Cy Vance, you know, big, powerful district attorney got up there and, you know, uh, explained to everybody, pounding the table that they were going after her and she would be prosecuted. This is the DA. And they're prosecuting her with a misdemeanor. 
Since when does a DA her? That's the DA. That's the DA who covered up for Harvey Weinstein, who had the tape of Weinstein sexually assaulting a young woman. She taped it. She brought it to him, and they buried it. That guy is is vile. Sorry, right. Vance Jr. And he, and he also said they will not. They will not prosecute. He encouraged all the DAs to go easy on rioters and looters. He's another guy who does not care about people in the inner city, black people live there, you know, minority owned businesses. They were destroyed. And he said, all those white punks, those Antifa scum, go easy on them. That's what the DA in New York is doing. But that's what DAs in all these big cities are doing. It's kind of frightening. For misdemeanors, Jerry, for misdemeanors, but he's got to get up there and make sure that people remember her and ruin her life even more. And she is a moron progressive and would happily probably, well, we know she'd be happy to end somebody else's career livelihood like this. But sure. that's yeah, I, don't sympath- I don't have a lot of sympathy for her, but. No, no. But, I mean, this is the sick time we're in. And we talked about you know, Charlottesville rewriting what the president said. And now we just had Mount Rushmore, where they've, since the media didn't get what the president said, they've now they reported what they wish he had said and what they desired, the awful thing. It was just a confirmation bias headline. President defends statues in defense of white uh, people. It's, it was absolutely crazy. And that's why you got to look out. Anything you see now, more than ever, you have to question. You know, I, I have right. to go through, I'm an editor at a paper, so I have to go through wire stories constantly. And I am on defense now, batting away wire stories they make onto my website. Missed a lot of people say, why the hell did you put this in paper? I'm like, I couldn't catch it. There are too many of these wire stories. The media is fully polluted now. This is it's dangerous stuff. I feel like that when you know, I've been asked, at least on Twitter, been asked a number of times of when are you going to talk about the uh, the Russians paying the Taliban to kill Americans? I said, well, I'll talk about when it appears in a credible news source. It was appears in the New York Times. I don't believe it. I, I mean, New York Times has lied so many times just to hurt Trump. Why am I going to believe them now? I mean, I'll wait till it's reported by a credible reporter. And then we'll talk about it or, you know, when we'll read it, whatever. But um, you know what? We didn't get to today. Colin Ain, I was planning on get to it. A big a tribute. We're going to have to save our tribute to Mike Golick. Oh. Mike Golick after 20 years and yeah. morning radios being uh, swept aside. I think Mike Golick, I don't want to say is a dinosaur in the business, but he and uh, Trey Wingo, I thought those two were magical together. I mean, it was, the chemistry was incredible, but. They're bringing in a new show with uh, uh, a couple of African-Americans, Keyshawn Johnson, Jason Williams, Jay Williams, and another guy who I don't know. And he's, I think he's a person of color as well. So ESPN is going all woke all day. They're going to put Max Kellerman on the air because he's a good, hardcore lefty. He's going to have the radio. Mike Greenberg's coming back. Another good any lefty. Reasoning for, have you seen anybody out there talking about why Greenberg's coming back? Is it just like um, random? No, but, I, no, but I'm just going to guess that, uh, like everything else ESPN's doing, they're doing it for political, ideological reasons. These guys are all, I mean, you go from Lebetard to Greenberg to Max Kellerman. I mean, I guess you're allowed to promote a, a white guy as long as he hates Trump, and those guys hate Trump. But I didn't know Golick and whatever the other guy, Wingo, I didn't know they were a problem. They were sporty guys, they were safe. ESPN never gets any ratings, but I didn't think they cared about ratings. I thought it was all about, you know, having a presence in every market and promoting yep. your 
your product, which they did, but they've just pushed Golick and Wingo aside and they're starting a new morning show, which I'm sure will be awful. I'm going to give it a chance, though. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm sure it will be awful. Yeah, well, I mean, I like Keyshawn Johnson. He seems like a cool guy. I used to like him with, with uh, Parcell, Parcells. I thought they were a good uh, pair. He used to have him on Dennis and Callahan all the time. He, he liked to be on the radio. Yeah. He's a West Coast guy, though. He's been on the air in L.A. We'll see how he likes the new hours. That's never easy, Ooh. particularly for uh, athletes, former professional athletes who've made a lot of money. They don't tend to grind it as hard. Uh, we'll see if he does. I don't know. No, Golick, yeah. Golick's not bad. Like I actually think Golick is is pretty talented. Like he's kind of. Uh, I know I, I used to make fun of Mike and Mike all the time, but Golick's not bad in the grand scheme of everybody else who's out there in, in sports talk radio. Golick, by all accounts, he's a nice guy. We yeah. saw him at the Super Bowl a few t- times. His son seems like a nice guy, but he had a good run. You know, twenty years of morning drive. That's not easy. I liked his his read, Dave. Uh, you're the master of all reads now, too. Golick's yeah. ad the weight loss thing saying. Since I've lost all the weight, my wife finds me less disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was funny. Hey, we didn't talk about this yesterday. I just want to get your take on it because it's people are giving them shit. What was your take on Tom Brady taking the PPP loan, Jerry? Oh, we talked about it quick on. I, you know, as uh, as I think Mike Florio said, it might be legal. That doesn't make it uh, right. That doesn't make it appropriate. Yeah. I mean, the number of people. I, I, I to be to be fair, if I'm going to give uh, Harvard crap for grabbing this money and i believe harvard gave it back then you got to give tom brady who's made what 250 million i know it's his company but he does not need a loan from the taxpayers it's disgusting i'm sorry i think this is justified jerry he was selling uh covid antidote medication (laughs) (laughs) that's true we should give him credit they got immunity drugs they're gonna help you not get covid (laughs) Can you imagine? I, was talking, I was talking to a friend who you guys know. He's a former uh, radio personality. He's, 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 you know, people know him. I don't want to name names, but he was saying, wouldn't it be wild if Brady got uh, coronavirus? He's yeah. not, he's not being very safe and he's taking his immunity drugs. But if he were to get the bug and I'm not saying, you know, end up on a ventilator or getting, you know, destroying his lungs. I'm just saying ends up getting the virus just as his, uh, New career in the NFC is about to begin. Wouldn't that be the wildest story? That would that would be wild. I actually don't have a problem with Brady taking the money, and I'm not just saying that to kiss ass. If the program's available, go and get it. Is my opinion, but it's such it's it, it's not a lot of money. It's only in between what three hundred fifty and a million dollars. That's like, a lot of money to. Yeah, I mean, it could. It's a lot of money to somebody else. Well, I guarantee there's some small business or some guy repairing sewing machines who didn't get the loan for whatever reason, and Tom yeah. Brady did. Yeah, but that's why I say, like, from an optics perspective, Brady should have just paid paid the, you know. Brady, Brady and his wife are worth, like, a, you know, probably at some point soon are going to be worth a billion dollars. You know, they're like Kanye and uh, Beyonce or whatever it is. Uh, no, Kanye and Kim, Beyonce and Jay. They're like them. They're a super couple. And they're grabbing 350 grand from the taxpayers. Please. That's that's. That's a little part her, this is part of Giselle and the Seven Sisters uh, thing too. You remember they they were doing when they owned that L.A. Uh, castle. You know they were doing environmental, take a night off on electricity uh, right. days to tell you to you know save on electricity. So they're happy to preach. They've always been. been That's, that was a, that was a house with a moat that they sold to Dr. Dre. 
uh, you know, but they're, you're right. They drop, they jet to Brazil and Costa Rica at the drop of a hat. Their house in Brazil and uh, in Brookline is, they haven't sold it yet. I don't believe it's massive. And they'll sit there and tell you, you know, you can't use plastic straws. Brady did a whole thing about plastic straws. Yeah. But you know what? He's he's like the rest of us. He's henpecked. He does what he has to do. That said, you know, you hear and you know him, Jerry. I mean, you hear that he's a re- really good guy. I mean, he's not the kind of guy if you reached out to him to do you a solid who would text you back. Dude, I'm totally out of pocket. I'll circle back on the flip side. <laughs> on the flip side. I think he would say, I didn't even know. I don't really work. Uh, I wasn't involved in the day to day at the uh, TB12. Yeah. Uh, you know, chain, whatever. That's my business. They did that. You know, he would say that lots of businesses that are not exactly struggling have grabbed some taxpayer money again, like Harvard and a bunch of Ivy league schools. Uh, you know what? Brady should give it back. That's what you should do. Give it back. That, that would, that would be a smart play. Other random story today, by the way, Jerry, uh, Ryder cup canceled. Did you see that? Well, that sucks. I was looking forward to lots That's of good. Like the one, you know, we were talking about golf is that one sport that doesn't need fans that, you know, it, TV can still be enjoyable. I actually kind of disagree with that. The golf that I've been watching is boring as hell, and I don't know if fans would make a difference. They, they should have some fans. Don't have yeah. as many, maybe, but I mean, honest to God, they should have take their temperature, make sure you're not over 300 pounds or over 60 years old. Yeah. This is John insane. They're canceling football. They're canceling football in some leagues. I hear the Ivy League is close to canceling the season or moving it to the spring. It's nuts. College kids should all be at school, on campus, among each other. Keep the vulnerable away. Let it run its course. Like we said last week, Clemson and Alabama are like giving. They're like injecting their players with COVID. They want them to get it and get it over with. That's That should be the mindset. College is a good place to be, to contain the virus. College should play all the sports. They yep. should have all the classes. They should not go home on weekends and visit grandma. It's that simple. Well, but, you know, uh, I should Cup. be running this friggin' country. It's so damn simple. <laughs> the Ryder Cup is uh, guys walking outside. I don't see the problem with that. And, you know, I understand you can't have the Masters because that's racist and it's canceled. Right. But the, the Ryder Cup is just men walking outside. What is the problem there? What is what exactly what phase does it take where you can walk outside? Because we're allowed to walk outside now. They just had they just carry clubs. You don't get it. The outside transmission is very rare. They wouldn't get it. It wouldn't matter. It's just they don't want to take any chances. They don't want to get sued. I mean, you should sign a waiver, have everyone show up and play. It's insane that we're canceling everything still. I mean, mean, uh, if football, football has to happen. The NFL has to happen. If it doesn't, there's no hope for anyone because football, you know, they it's too important. It's too important. Got to play football. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think parents should remember now, Jerry, and we've hit on this, that if you are given impossible parameters in order for your kids to return to school, like, you know, social distancing on school buses, which means you'd need to quadruple or quintuple the amount of buses or social distancing, distancing in classrooms that are already packed, which makes it impossible unless you have breakout rooms or breakout facilities and uh, kids wearing masks all day and staggered school uh, schedules. The, the the health people and the governors who are pushing this know that it's not going to be acceptable to you, and they just want to wash out the at least first half of this year and maybe the second half. This uh, is keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It's all about hurting Trump. It's all that's all that matters now. School should be in session. Hell, they should go to school today. Go to school in July. You missed enough. Been out of school for four months. Go to school today. Certainly should be in school in September. Every sport should be played. Everything should be done back to normal. Just don't go visit grandma. And if mom and dad are over 300 pounds, 
Don't go visit them either. I'm sorry, Chaddock, but your kids can't visit you. I hate to break. <laughs> That's fine with me. That <laughs> works. <laughs> All right, man. That's uh, Tom Shattuck, the host of the Burn Barrel podcast. Um, you can look for that at all the usual places, correct, Shattuck? Absolutely. We're on iTunes, and uh, you can get me on Twitter, at Tom Shattuck. And he does all his work himself, which is amazing, very impressive. Um, but uh, he has some big, big stars appear on the show, too, big guests. So check out Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. Thanks, Shattuck, and thanks to Shea Concrete and Allied Paving. Thanks to DCU, uh, Culinate. Good job. If you want to, uh, if you want to support us, support our sponsors. That's important. That's all that matters to us. That and a good review on iTunes, Apple iTunes. Go there. Give us a five star review, or give us whatever. Four star would be okay too. Give us a review. You could, I mean, give us a rating. You can write a little review uh, on there. Um, there's been some good ones, Shattuck. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the, with the good. One. You know, like Twitter's kind of nasty and mean and and kind of uh, poison, but the, the reviews on iTunes have been good on, on Apple. I'm yeah, we have, and we have a lot of them on there. If you look at some of the we big do. podcasts in the country, they have like 200 reviews, you know, and we have, what do we have like 3,500 or something? Yeah, like that? We have a lot. And I think that says something, you know, yeah. I think, I don't know. I don't know what it says, but there's some mm-hmm. podcasts and they get like no review. People don't care. They don't strike a nerve. They don't care about them. People, you know, they care about us. They care about, they care about you culinary. Yes, that's good. It's good to know. So go leave a root five five stars. I'm I'm not like Jerry. I don't want four. I want five stars. Leave a root five stars. Boost this up there. Let's go. All right, we will uh, do it again tomorrow. Who we got tomorrow? Anybody? Anybody good? Um, you know, it's a day by day decision. We'll see. Yeah, it might actually actually is tomorrow Thursday. It's tomorrow Thursday. Yeah, tur- Turtle boy in. Turtle boy is on vacation this week, but he messaged me and he said he is available to come on the show. So I think Turtle boy will be in tomorrow. Uh, I we'll, we'll, we will probably uh, speak to Turtle boy, and I think uh, the ratings come out in Boston Radio today. Uh, the Big Spring Book, which is not going to be good for my uh, alma mater, we'll uh, we'll run through those numbers tomorrow with uh, Turtle Man and Colonnade. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.